I wanted to wish you both luck and asked Sir Sonny to join us today to stress again the importance of the trip. Thank you, ma'am. As you know, Australia is one of the most important and influential members of the Commonwealth. If they were to strike out and assert their independence, the worry is other countries could fall like dominoes. You're too young to remember, but we also toured Australia and New Zealand in 1954. Yes. It was long and hot and arduous. Yes. But we worked together. As a team. And in the end, I think, it wasn't only a success politically. It brought us very close. Yes. And as husband and wife, we would wish the same for you. Hello and welcome back to my Season 4 review of The Crown. This episode will focus on Terra Nullius, which is Episode 6. And in this episode, Charles and Princess Diana are on a tour of Australia. Diana is struggling to balance motherhood with her royal duties, while both she and Charles start to cope with their marriage difficulties. And this episode is, there's a tonal shift in the season. So far, we've had a lot of focus on the Queen and her relationship with the Prime Minister. This episode is heavily focused on the younger members of the royal family. And it starts off with one of the interviews um, given by the Australian Prime Minister at the time, basically saying that they, they don't want the royal family, they're not in agreement with them. And that point of view from the Australians changes throughout the episode. After Diana arrives and the crowds love her, everyone is for the royal family, and it's all because of Diana, and you can see that. Now I've listened to, I'm sorry I keep smuttering, it's really annoying, and I listen to it again when I listen to the podcasts myself, and it's actually quite annoying. But I've listened to Edith Bowman's podcast and I've been able to gather a few more notes like I did in the last podcast because I feel it's a bit more informative for the listener to get a bigger picture of what's actually going on. And during this time, there's a fairly dysfunctional relationship um, between Charles and Diana, even though it's quite early on in the marriage. She suffers from bulimia and we get to see the effects of that very clearly. I didn't think they'd be so blunt with it, but we just see the scenes where she's bulimic and it's quite shocking. One of the... I actually really like this episode. It's not one of my favourites, but it has an amazing scene with Charles and Diana when they're in the garden. Because when they're in the rural part of Australia and they're breaking off for the tour and they've got a few days rest with the kids. They're left alone and it's sort of a garden of Eden for them and they can relax and they can see what they feel like in each other's company. And then you can start to see that their relationship starts to blossom. And as the relationship blossoms, the Australians, they take more liking to uh, to Charles and Diana, more on more so for Diana. For Diana. But you can see throughout the episode that these two characters, they complement each other. And there's a really long, gripping scene in the garden where it's this massive argument. And it starts off with them distrusting each other. Diana calling Charles out for being with Camilla so much. But it ends off with 
this complete total understanding of each other and Charles realizes he's the luckiest man in the world and Diana realizes that she's married to a man she thinks is gorgeous that her words not mine or Peter Morgan's words actually and that their marriage is actually one that could potentially work obviously we know that it doesn't work because Charles he keeps going back to Camilla and Benjamin Caron, one of the directors, told Josh O'Connor, who plays Prince Charles, to think of Camilla as a pack of cigarettes. So when he goes and sees Camilla, it's like having a pack, it's like having a cigarette. And then Dinah questions him, and she can even smell it, and she can see the evidence. Think of the smell of smoke. In this case, it would be the bracelet him and Charles, um, Camilla and Charles have, or Charles going to wherever the uh, Camilla's estate is. So she, it's sort of a, it's a bad habit for Charles in that sense. But they filmed that scene so many times and I'm glad they did because it came out beautifully in the end. That scene, it's beautifully acted by um, Emma Corrin, who plays Diana, and Josh O'Connor, who plays Charles. The argument, the tone of it, I even think um, the outfits are stunning. They got the outfit spot on. Charles in his brown, like, safari, safari guide. <laughs> Um, suit and then Dinah with her white dress and the white bag as well and then she's got the um, the blue ring on which is really really stunning but this episode is great I'm not really going through it scene by scene because I have a lot of things to talk about but it starts off with the Queen and Philip telling Charles and Diana that they went on a tour in Australia and that it was a good way for them to develop their relationship because they can suspect that a push might be needed in that in that direction for them to grow more and for them to blossom as a couple because they know better than anyone that Diana and Charles only met 13 times before the wedding which is crazy some couples go for years without um or they go a long time without being married and getting to know each other so this is just for them to tell Charles and Diana to get to know each other a little bit more It'll be a good opportunity for you to develop your relationship, but you can already tell that early on in the episode that they're quite reluctant to do that. Um, and I discovered, listening to Edith Bowman's podcast, that all of the Australia scenes were actually filmed in Surrey, which I didn't know. Obviously, I knew they didn't go to Australia, but I was actually sort of shocked to see that um, it looked like it was actually filmed in Surrey because the where they shot... I mean, the Australia scenes in that episode, it looks a lot like Australia. Um, even how sunny it is, everything just looks so bright. And that massive rock they go to, the amount of CGI that they used was probably insane. But on the way there, on the plane to Australia, you can already see Diana's hostility coming to a, coming out, especially towards her Prince Charles's secretary, questioning questioning him about the baby and the baby's needs. And she is first and foremost a mother, and she wants to be with William all the time. Charles is a little bit more reluctant. He wants to do his duties. He, I don't think he's as bothered. He lets the baby be, but Diana is very, very... She puts a lot of emphasis on that. And I respect that side of her, of her character. And uh, it just... It paints the picture of where the character's priorities lie, pretty much. Another thing I discovered by listening to that podcast was... Whenever they're filming for the castles, and whenever they're in Buckingham Palace or Balmoral or in Sandringham, those scenes, 
they will constantly cut between the castles. So in the crown, a whole episode might take in might take place in Buckingham Palace, but in reality, the they were all shot in the different castles. And then the way it was explained is if the queen is walking down a corridor and turns right and then turns left, she would have gone down three corridors corridors in Buckingham Palace, right? But but in reality, it would have been it's most likely three different castles. So they film it in different areas, which I thought was quite interesting. And what I also wanted to let you guys know was that the actress who plays Diana, Emma Corrin, when she was auditioning, she actually didn't have an audition for Diana. What had happened was the actress who plays Camilla, who I think does a brilliant job as Camilla, even though she has very few scenes, she steals those scenes. She does a very, very, very good job there. But when they were casting the actress that plays Camilla, they they were using the scene with Diana and Camilla, that really long scene in episode three, I think, where they're speaking about Charles. And they just needed someone to read Diana's lines, and then they had uh, Emma Corrin come in. And then Emma Corrin did such a good job, and she looks so much like Diana that they just asked her to be Diana. And then there's a story about how Benjamin Karen, one of the directors, he gets on one knee, apparently, and asks Emma to be their Diana. And she says, yes, I will be your Diana. And it was very uh, ceremonial. Another thing that shocked me, this is a little bit outside information, outside of the episode, but Olivia Coleman must be one of the best actresses working today. She plays the Queen, and Margaret Thatcher, who is played by Gillian Anderson, Gillian Anderson needed to revise the scenes thoroughly, and she needed to know every line, and she had a lot of detail and character work built up in her head, so she could execute the scene properly. A very respectable thing for an actor to do, as you know, probably most actors do that. They always prepare learning lines. That's what you have to do. Olivia Coleman does not do any of that stuff. She turns up on the day of filming for The Crown, not knowing anything. She won't know the scene. She won't know the dialogue. She'll know a little bit of the dialogue because I I presume she will read the script, but. She will know very little, and her focus on that day is just dialed up to a hundred percent. She'll there'll be they'll be about to film a scene, and she'll be asking the people for the lines, and getting reminders of what the lines are, and then she just, and then they start filming, and it's brilliant, and she's the queen. It's just stunning to me how someone could do that. The amount of talent there, I could not do that. I would need to prepare and rise and know my know my lines backwards and all this other stuff know where I was going to stand she just turns up and she gets all this information in one go and then does it it's brilliant I just wanted to mention that because it's uh it's an amazing thing but there was something else I wanted to talk about and that is the character the relationship between Charles and Dinah and you can see in this episode episode six that they are two characters that cannot support each other in a marriage. They both want the attention, and there's a turning point in this episode, and we see it in later episodes as well, but where Diana gets too much attention. And for Charles, there's a mixture of insecurity and jealousy. More so insecurity, I would say. The jealousy isn't portrayed as much in this episode, but it's something that definitely comes across. And you can see it um, when Charles and Diana visit the... 
visit the Australian Prime Minister for dinner, and then the Australian Prime Minister says, says "Oh, we've you know we we were thinking about gunning you guys. We were thinking about letting you know turning hostile towards the royal family. But if you ask anyone now, they'll all say they love the royal family, and it's all because of Diana." And then Charles does his thing where he says, "Yes, yes, yes, he's lovely, isn't he? I'm a very lucky man." That's my horrible Charles impression. But that's how it was. And I'm just going through the scenes now, and where there's this massive rock in Australia. Um, it's in the middle of a desert, so there's flat desert all around it, and then there's just this big rock. It looks sort of like, like a mountain. They must have gone somewhere similar to there, because I'm looking at it now, and it cannot be sorry. There's just, like, no chance, because it's so bright. It's so yellow. Everyone looks like they're being roasted alive. And then that scene transitions to uh, a picnic scene with Charles and Diana, and then you get the really long scene, and this scene is like 12 minutes long of them arguing. And it's just brilliant. I love the lighting of it. Um, it, it all has, it all looks like Australia because you've got the really bright sun in the background. It's like in, it must be around December time because it's in the summer there. And then you have this massive crowd. Um, the amount of extras they must have, because I'm looking at a shot here of Charles giving a speech outside the Royal Opera House, and that must be all CGI. Like, the people on the stage behind him, they, they, they'll be there. There'll be a small crowd of people in front of him, but the, the whole background behind that must be CGI. And the effects team do a brilliant job here, because I've actually seen the effects they do on the crown, and so much of it is CGI, because they just film a lot on green screen, and obviously they can't film in the real Buckingham Palace, so they rely on these um, visual effects artists to, to patch these in, to touch these in. And then you get really nice... A storyline of of uh, Charles and Diana's tour throughout Australia. They're giving interviews, they're giving radio interviews, talk shows, they're speaking to the public. Everyone is loving Diana. It's all about Diana. You can see that Charles, already, he's the supporting act. And it stays like that throughout the whole time. I've actually seen this, um, the, um, the dinner that they're having in Australia, and Charles is giving his speech and he makes a joke and Diana reacts to the joke by smiling. And you, because she smiles, it gets a reaction from the whole crowd. And that triggers Charles. He doesn't like that because it was his moment. And that's where the jealousy comes in, but also insecurities because he is thinking about why he isn't able to do that, why he doesn't have that special connection to the crowd, to the, uh, to the, the public. And he, it's, it's made known to him because even the Prime Minister of Australia is telling him that, oh, we all love Diana now. Um, I think there is, there's even a line um, where the Australian PM says, if you had come alone, it would have been a different story. And that just confirms to Charles that he is the second in command in terms of public relations there. Obviously not in terms of royalty because he is the heir to the throne. He is technically, in terms of the crown, the second most important person in the show. And that's something I've just realized now by speaking about it. And then we have this really, really, I think, tragic scene at the end where Diana, and we get another scene with her bulimia as well, where she's she's suffering. And as a person um, watching this, I wasn't too sure if Charles was aware of it at the time. It's, it's definitely something he was aware of in the later stages of his marriage, but this is in the mid-80s, I believe, and uh, I'm not too sure if he was aware of it at the time. He must have been, though. What husband isn't aware of something like that? But we have this really tragic scene, I think, where Diana is basically crying out for help, crying out for support 
from the queen and she's just begging for an audience with the queen just queen just trying to speak to her getting some advice any help whatsoever and then she has this really really gut-wrenching hug at the end where she just wants some emotion, some support, something to hang on to, and she just doesn't get it from the queen. The queen, Olivia, just sort of stands there without her arms, like, her arms straight, not returning the hug at all. And I actually found out that they, they did a, a number of takes of this scene, and there were a few times where Olivia was actually a little bit more colder. She, I don't know what she must have done, but maybe, like, pushed her away or something like that. Um, but, yeah, I thought that scene was really, really difficult to watch. And already, I think the royal family discussed Diana's bulimia. And uh, you can see that as a character, she's already starting to break down. And we get this lovely final shot of her where she's dressed in white and she's standing by the window. And we just get a, a frame of her through the door. And she's reflecting on the Australia trip and the current state of her marriage and the fact that she can't get any support. Because she's in a very difficult um, situation because publicly she's adored and she is all smiles and everyone thinks it's brilliant. It's a fairy tale come true. She is Princess Diana. Behind the scenes, it's all crumbling and it's all falling apart. And you can blame many people for this. You can blame the Queen, you can blame Philip, you could probably blame, or you can definitely blame Charles, Camilla, Anne. All the main characters of this show supported the marriage. The only person you can't blame, I would say, is Margaret. She's the one that predicted it. She has experienced things like this with Townsend from seasons one and two, and you can see the effect it had on her. It completely destroyed her personal life. She ended up getting divorced to her first husband. She had numerous um, boyfriends during the time, and it just didn't work out. And you can sort of see the same thing happening with Charles. And that relationship with Charles and Margaret is explored further on in the, in the season, but I love this episode. Um, it's not one of my favorites of the season, but it's still high up there because I just love listening to and love watching the um, the Diana and Charles relationship blossom into something. It sets up the following episodes quite nicely, and uh, I'd probably give it a 7 out of 5. I wouldn't give it any higher than that because I feel that the ratings I've given in the previous chapter have been... The, the higher ratings have been more justified. I, I Personally, I enjoy those episodes more. But this has been a really fun one to talk about. And um, I cannot wait to talk about the next episode, which is episode 7. And that one is titled The Hereditary Principle, which discovers uh, delves into a story that I was completely unaware of. I didn't have any knowledge of this. It wasn't like Fagan, where I knew had heard of the story before, of someone breaking into Buckingham Palace. I didn't know this story at all. And it's... This episode is Princess Margaret's episode, pretty much. It's focusing on her because she's not featured that much in this season, but this one's all about her. So I enjoyed listening. I enjoyed watching that episode, and uh, I can't wait to talk about it in the next podcast. Thanks very much for listening.